according to the title of this psalm, as recorded in the Septuagint. Now, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. According to the title in the Septuagint, David wrote it before he was anointed. That means it was probably written while he was still exiled from his home, being hunted by King Saul and his men. And the psalm does reveal several different things, doesn't it? It reveals that David was in great danger. It reveals that David was concerned about violent evildoers. He was concerned about those who were lying about him, according to verse 12. He was concerned about those who wanted to kill him, according to verse 2 and verse 12. Saul and his men would qualify for being who David is writing about. But, you know, despite his difficulties, despite his dangerous situation, David was confident and was courageous and said he was unafraid. Now, as we think about this, this is a psalm of contrasts. God is our light, so we don't need to fear the darkness. He knows what's coming, so we do not need to fear what we ourselves do not know because God knows. David looked around him and he saw the facts, the facts that enemies and foes and war was trying to kill him. But by faith, he saw God. By faith, he could see the situation from God's point of view. You know, the reason why I've chosen this text this morning is there's a lot of uncertainties going on right now. A lot of things that we are out of control of. Who would have ever thought that we would be shutting down our businesses a week ago when really we didn't really have very many cases at all? Very few were happening here. And yet, all of a sudden, something that is unseen, something that is unknown, shuts down our community. Sometimes in athletics or on t-shirts, we'll read, fearless. Or sometimes we'll read, pain is just the weakness coming out. Really? Well, maybe for something that is just exercise, that's true. But not for those that are in the hospital. Not for those who are going through such difficult times. So this morning, we're going to listen to God's word concerning fear, being afraid, and how to deal with it. Are you feeling any fear right now? Maybe you would not say afraid. Maybe you would say stressing. No, I'm just stressing about a lot of things right now. Maybe you would use another term because you've been taught that weak people fear. Spiritual people don't fear. We're just concerned or apprehensive. So now in the middle of being afraid, we're also being guilt-tripped that because we're feeling fear, that now there's something wrong with us. You know what I want you to notice as we look at this text is it addresses fear. In fact, often in the scriptures we're told, don't fear. Well, why do you think he says that? because we're fearing. So if you are struggling with fear today, understand you're among a lot of friends. 
fear of things not being able to control. You know, uncertainty or unknowns of an outcome of a dangerous situation causes fear. When you don't know what's going to happen, when you don't know if I go to a certain place, will this, will this happen? When you don't know what's going to happen with your job or you don't know how financially you're going to take care of things, those unknowns, when you don't know the outcome, that's when we fear. David was in the middle of a wilderness. David had been told he knew he was going to be king. He wasn't king yet, which means he knew something had to happen. But in reality, David was in the wilderness being chased by somebody who wanted to kill him. Though David rehearses his really strong faith and confidence in God, yet at the same time he poured out his fearful prayer to God, he recognized the importance of seeing God, and he ends up in verses 13 and 14 by sharing with us his confidence and his secret. What was the secret that David was enjoying? Cling by strong faith to the sure confidence that God will deliver you out of your troubles. Cling with sure confidence that God will deliver you out of your troubles. And this will prevent us from getting discouraged and giving up. You know, Psalm 56.3 says, What time I am afraid, in the times that I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Instead of fear, we find our constant and our commitment. Those two words today, I want you to notice, our confidence, our constant, which is God, and our confidence in him, as well as our commitment. To try to help us understand the concept, we often use uh, metaphors. God is this. Well, it's a metaphor. It's saying that God is like this, or we can visualize this, therefore we understand what God is like. So here David is saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I want you to notice we find our confidence and then the question. In whom is our confidence? The Lord. Verses 1 through 3, he gives us direction. You know, light causes us to be able to see what's coming ahead. Something that's really been interesting was when the military developed night vision goggles, where people who can go into a dark situation and be able to see. And what's it doing? It's pulling the light that is available so that the soldiers can see. You know, God's word is like that for us. God is a light. In the middle of darkness around us, darkness which would cause fear, the Lord is light. He gives us direction. When you can see the path ahead, you know where to go. When you can see your surroundings, you know what you're up against. The Lord is our light. He gives us direction. 
In Psalm 43.3, we read, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. In Isaiah 5.20, we read, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitterness for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see what's happening is he says, it's wrong to reverse the truth. It's wrong to say one thing when really this is the truth. We see that happening all the time today. We get confused about relationships because Satan is trying to deceive us and think that there is a better way, that marriage, that commitment, that leaving father and mother and cleaving to one spouse is old-fashioned, that there's really a better way to do that. In reality, when we don't have that oneness, that communion, the joy of marriage loses the satisfaction that you need to have. In Psalm 36, 9, we read, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. You see, here's the answer to fear in verses 1 and 3. Here's the answer to the forces of evil in verses 1 and 3. I think it's fascinating. I, I believe this is the first time, the first use of the metaphor of God being light in the Bible. We read a lot of other passages about light, but I think this is the first one that, that tells us that God is the light. God not only um, is our direction, but he is also our personal protection, our deliverer. You know, when we choose teams on a playground or maybe at the church picnic this coming fall, when we begin thinking about our wiffle ball team and you're choosing teams, what do you want to do? You want to choose some people on your team so that you can win, at least if you're competitive. So what happens? You're looking for a ringer. You're looking for someone who can guarantee your team's going to win. Well, what does he say here? He says, the Lord Jesus, the Lord is my salvation. He is my protection. He's also the strength of my life. Again, not only do we have a deliverer, a personal deliverer, but he is our place of safety. The word strength of life literally has the idea of stronghold. The idea of place of safety, a fortress. You kids know what a fort is. It's always fun to kind of, maybe right now, everyone being quarantined, you've kind of rearranged the furniture and you've built a fort there. Now, it's usually not so good when your baby sister or maybe your dog runs in and knocks down all the sheets and stuff. That's not a real strong fort, is it? But a real fort is one that when people will throw things, when people will shoot things at you, it's safe. In South Carolina, we have what's called the palmetto tree. And that palmetto tree is a very unique thing. They used to build their forts out of a palmetto tree because instead of when cannonballs would be shot at the fort, usually a cannonball could break wood. But a palmetto tree is flexible. And because the palmetto tree is flexible, it gives, and then the cannonballs would literally bounce back off to where they could run out, grab the cannonballs, and shoot them back at the enemy. The Lord is our fortress. 
as we as we look at what can get to you well david talks about sudden attacks and david talks about a long siege these sudden attacks that are happening in verse 2, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, that was something that happened suddenly. In verse 3, though an host should encamp against me, this is a long siege. And David now is hiding in the wilderness, and yet his confidence is, though something sudden happens to me, or though something would be a long-term problem. Either way, he says, the Lord's going to protect me. Notice who the Lord is, but notice also what the Lord can do in verses 4 through 6. The secret of David's public confidence was his private obedience. Let that settle in for a moment. The secret of David's public confidence was his private obedience. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. You see... How can we have this confidence in our difficult times? How can we have confidence not knowing if this is going to be something that suddenly hits us or if it's going to be something that could be a long-term process? We don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine. We don't know how long we're going to be sheltered in place. You know what David focused on? The Lord can provide rest. The word sanctuary here has the idea of the place of refuge or safety. Here in West Fargo, we have a parrot sanctuary. I didn't realize this. It's called the Center for Avian Adoption, Rescue, and Education, or C-A-A-R-E, CARE. It's a shelter for an education about and rescue of parrots. It helps rehome when where they are, they can't stay, they'll find a new home for these parrots, specifically companion parrots. Do you know in the Near East, when a visitor entered his host's tent, the, the host was personally responsible for the protection and the provision. And this flimsy tent became a fortress because now when you entered into that person's tent, they were responsible to protect you. Isn't this interesting? David says, all I want is to just be with you. I want to spend time with you. I will trust you to take care of me. He says, you will hide me in your pavilion. You know, when he began with this statement of one thing have I desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, he wasn't saying he wanted to become a priest any more than in Psalm 23, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Any more than Psalm 23 meant that it wouldn't make any difference. He wanted to be a priest. He didn't. He was saying, I want to just be with the Lord. You see, no matter where you are, you can enter into that secret of his tabernacle 
You know, what's wonderful is this time that we have is time to consider the wonder of who he is and what he can do. And therefore he says, whom shall I fear? Now let's look at the second part. We look at David's commitment. We looked at his confidence, that it was the Lord that gives him confidence, but now we look at the commitment of David. You see, it's the Lord that he looks to. He says, hide not thy face far from me. He says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. You notice how he is talking about God's face. God's face gives comfort when we can look to him and we know he sees us. The challenge here that David gives, his commitment is he's going to look to the Lord. I find it interesting in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, where we read, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and seek my face. You see, what Paul, what what David was saying here is the same thing that Sam, that uh, Solomon was saying as the uh, tabernacle was being completed. He says, the Lord is going to be our help. The Lord will never forsake us. Look at verse 9. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. David was remembering Lord, you've been my help in the past. You will be my help in the future. He talks about the importance of knowing that God will never forsake us. Now, he isn't saying that the parents didn't like him anymore, that his parents had rejected him. What he was saying was there's a certain point when our parents can't do anything for us. Those of you who are my age and older who have children that are out of the house, you know that feeling. There are some things I wish I could do for my children. There are some things I wish I could just step in and protect them and help them, but it's out of my control. Either I don't have the finances to do it, or I'm not near them, or I'm not strong enough to do that. And what David is saying, even when my father and my mother run out of ability, of strength, of resources, you never do, Lord. The Lord will lift me up. So then he says, Teach me thy way, Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Do you know what we really want every day? There are a lot of things we don't know. We just want to know what we do need to do. And that's exactly what God is teaching us here. And verse 12, what we're memorizing this week, our Lord will deliver. There are people out there who maybe don't like you, who maybe are out to hurt you, but you can be confident in the Lord. And then look at verses 13 and 14. David says, were it not for being confident in the Lord, I would have given up. Some of you today are discouraged. Your safety nets that you're so confident in don't seem so confident right now, don't, feel, don't seem so secure. And you're hurting today. And you're wondering, what am I going to do? My retirement fund doesn't look like it did five weeks ago. 
My job security doesn't look as good as it did five weeks ago. My health doesn't look as secure as it did five weeks ago. David said, those things aren't what I depend on. My commitment is to trust the Lord. And then he ends with his focus. He says, I would have fainted. You see, it's important that today we remember the one we worship is greater than us. There is nothing that is beyond what he can do. Therefore, he says, wait on the Lord. In Psalm 46.10, he says, be still and know that he is God. Though David rehearsed his strong faith and confidence in God, yet at the same time, he poured out this prayer, this prayer that was fearful, stressed. I'm not quite certain what you would want to call it, but faith and fear were coexisting in the same heart. Today, maybe your heart has faith in God, yet fear of the future. That's coexisting together. And David shared his secret. Focus on God. Remind yourself of God. Your public confidence is going to be reflected in your private obedience.